on this episode of Task Force X. We talk about convergence. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. We interrupt your regularly scheduled convergence talk for our very own Conway's Corner podcast crossover. Hey there, true believers. Welcome to the Task Force X Headcast. A proud member of the Headcast family, I am your host, Aaron Moss, otherwise known as Head. The Task Force X Headcast follows the adventures of DC Comics Task Force X. Task Force X was made up of the Suicide Squad comic, which was created by John Ostrander and Ryan Scott, which started in the late 1980s, and the sister comic, Checkmate, created by Paul Kupperberg and Steve Irwin. These were two sides of DC's espionage comics. Task Force X is an off-the-books government strike team, made up of convicts with no hope for release, serving as expendable agents for impossible missions. Succeed, and I'll shave time off your sentences. If we don't. You'll be dead. Exactly. I will attempt to chronicle each title and all the books that the Suicide Squad and Checkmate appeared in during this era. We're the U.S. government. Who's going to blow the whistle on us? The convicts? Who'd believe them? You? (laughs) You're going to start a blog and expose us? Well, yeah, Amanda. A blog and a headcast. Those scumbags are trying to screw me. No, not at all, Amanda. I'm just trying to help everyone else discover the joy of the Suicide Squad. Anywho, hope you guys have as much fun with these comics as I did when I first read them. Oh, so many years ago. Punk. All right, Amanda. Bang. We'll return after these messages. Oh, oh, oh. Feels good. Hello, sweetie. My name is Aaron Moss, a.k.a. Head. I love Star Wars, comic books, movies, reading, comedy, and most things geeky. Come join me monthly, well, mostly monthly, as I talk about the things I like and a few of the things I hate. Where you may ask, why I'm at Head Speaks. I can be found on iTunes under Head Speaks and at my website at headspeaks.com and then click on Headcasts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Google+, both under Head Speaks. Come, take a listen. This podcast is not endorsed or affiliated by Kid and Play. Though, that would be cool, huh? I'll go ahead and let Kid and Play finish the promo out. Why do you think superheroes are so important? People need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them, something to aim for, somebody to try to be like. One is the man of tomorrow, with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other the caped crusader, carrying out a solemn vow to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile, let's go. Up, up, and away! Atomic batteries Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Find it today at greatcrypton.com. And welcome to Task Force X, Episode 10, 
Conway's Corner Podcast Crossover, Part 2, The Task Force Exhibition. For Part 1, head on over to Head Speaks, Episode 11, and check out my little contribution there. On that episode, I review Firestorm, Issues 1 and 2, and I talk a little bit about the Jerry Conway and DC Comics controversy issue. And also, before I get started, uh, I would also recommend checking out the Fire and Water podcast, episode 125, where Shag and Rob have a uh, an interview with the man himself, Jerry Conway, and they go over the whole uh, creator equity issue. But enough plugging other shows, let's go on with Task Force X. I might point you to a couple websites. I'll have links to this on my uh, blog. Uh, the first one is Jerry Conway's original letter. That's available at jerryconway.tumblr.com. That's G-E-R-R-Y-C-O-N-W-A-Y.tumblr.com. And look back about three weeks, maybe a month ago, for uh, a Tumblr post called Who Created Caitlin Snow on the Flash According. Also, as I said previously, you can check out my previous episode of Head Speaks, episode 11, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on my website, as usual, headspeaks.com. In my that episode, I talk a little bit more about the letter and what's going on with the uh, creator equity. Uh, I think, actually, I was just listening to that, and I think I kept saying uh, equality. Uh, it should be creator equity is the issue. Um, also, Mr. Neil Adams, a, a great, fantastic creator, uh, a talent worked on Batman for years. Um, he had a letter recently of Bleeding Cool News. That can be read at www.bleedingcool.com slash 2015 slash 05 slash 03 slash Neil Adams talks Jerry Conway, each word separated by a hyphen. I'll put this link on my website. Actually, I'll put both of them on there for you. Definitely read it. Jerry, I'm sorry, uh, Neil. Neil Adams is a big supporter of creators and their rights, and he, he's always sticking up for creators. If I'm not mistaken, he was one of the ones that was behind uh, getting Sh either Siegel or Schuster their creative rights. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken on that one. So definitely check out that article. And basically, in the short of it, he says that you know, he's read Jerry's notes, and Jerry's completely correct. Uh, DC and Marvel are companies. They don't create anything. And it looks like his main problem is the way that DC and Marvel, they hire their employees uh, as freelancers, not as actual employees. Because an employee, you'd have to give them space at your site to work and um, give them the tools and everything like you're actually employed somewhere. Whereas they hire them as contractors or for hire, that way they don't have to provide them with health insurance and all this other stuff, but they still want all the rights associated with whatever the uh, character or the uh, creators create. So definitely uh, check out Mr. Adams' uh, article on that. Um, We'll read his last line, couple lines on here. Uh, okay, here it goes. Fellow creators, here's a little insight for you. Look at your contracts. You will see what they, they are work for higher contracts, but you will also see the companies are so worried about the courts will chuck out work for hire completely as being unethical and con contradictory to the intent of the law that they actually say that just in case work for hire is discarded from the law then you are surrendering the following rights. The lawyers actually expect the courts to throw out work-for-hire any day and can't believe it hasn't done already. Yes, Jerry is right in spades. My considered advice to DC and Marvel, learn to be fair and treat your creators right. In that way, you'll get richer together like publishers and authors. Or, well, suffer the court's decrees. Best regards for all. And overall, I mean, there's some things here I'm not sure I agree 100% with. But the intent of the article, and for the most part, I agree with what Mr. Adams says. Um, I didn't talk too much about it on my uh, Head Speaks episode. I'm going to speak a little bit about it here, my thoughts on the whole matter. I, I've got different 
differing and various opinions on this. There are some of these issues that came up, like uh, the, the heirs of some of these people. Uh, I believe it was Kirby and either Siegel or Schuster, heirs that are suing for rights for like Superboy and other things. I've got issues with that. Well, on one hand, yes, some of these characters didn't get the recognition and the money they deserved while they were here. I, I've got some slight issues with their family coming back later on and having nothing to do with creating the work and saying, well, my dad created that. I deserve money for it. But the whole way some of these creators were, start, were uh, I don't want to say abused, but was used, I guess, to begin with, misused, whatever, that, I think that kind of takes trumps my uh, other feelings about their dependents trying to get money off of their parents' work. And again, like Jerry said, I mean, they've signed contracts. They know what they're into. Some of the early people may have got a little bit more of the shaft than later writers did, or later creators did. But as I heard on some of the other podcasts I've listened to mention, and they're correct, um, they, for instance, uh, she's, she, yeah, Schuster and Siegel, they sold their rights to Superman. And DC took it and made it a popular character. They marketed the hell out of it. Without DC Comics behind them, if it was just Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster out hawking Superman by themselves, printing it out in their basement and, and selling copies, would Superman be the cultural phenomenon it is today? I mean, DC Comics, while, I mean... Yes, they should give more creator rights. They may be a little bit more money or whatever. And the equity for appearing in other things, they should be a little more free of that. I, I do see where they're coming from because they're the ones that took the risk. I mean, if Superman had failed miserably, I think the worst that would have happened to Siegel and Schuster if Superman didn't take off was they probably wouldn't have been hired to write any more comics. Whereas DC Comics could have lost thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars on this deal. Yes, it turned around they made millions upon millions upon millions of dollars on Superman, but they took the chance. It's kind of like uh, playing the stock market. You put money in, you put the right stocks, you can make a lot of money. You put the wrong stocks, you can lose a lot of money. That's kind of what DC did with Superman. Uh, just at random, from what I've read, they grabbed that character from a bin of uh, unsold stories. They bought it because they needed it for their Action Comics number one. Something to throw in there for their main feature. And it took off like hotcakes. So, I mean, well, yes, the creators deserve their equity. They deserve the rights. They deserve some money for it. But we do have to keep in mind that DC and Marvel both are taking a chance when they're publishing these titles. They're the ones going to be all the money. They're the ones that, you know, have to deal with the advertisers and all this other stuff. So, I'm not quite sure where I come down on this. Probably right in the middle. Um, because, again, the creators, they do deserve their respect. They deserve, you know, because, again, without the creators, DC and Marvel wouldn't have anything to put out there. But without DC and Marvel, these creators wouldn't have any work or have any audience for their work. So... They need each other. And and part of uh, Mr. Uh, Adams' arc, his last part here, says, you know, that they do need to create their, treat their creatives right. And if they do, if they're fair and they treat the creative people right, they can both make a ton of money off of this because the money's out there to be had. But anyways, that's my thoughts on the matter. Uh, I definitely recommend checking out some of my fellow podcasters' podcasts to hear their thoughts on it. Um, and again, when talking on the blogs and the interwebs about it, make sure you use hashtag ConwayXover. That's hashtag C-O-N-W-A-Y-X-O-V-E-R. Uh, make sure to tell your friends, you know, take a listen. Listen At the end of the episode, I'm going to list off all the different podcasts that are participating with us. Uh, take a listen to all of them uh, if you don't have the time. Again, I definitely recommend my last episode of Head Speaks, episode 11, because it's my episode. And I also recommend Fire and Water, episode 125. That is the uh, Jerry Conway interview.
It's a great interview, and Jerry Conway's a great man. And again, he doesn't come across uh, douchey in this or anything. He comes across rather nice, and again, he apparently, as I say on my other podcast, that he kind of, this whole thing is directed at DC Entertainments. The big wigs, the lawyers, the, the suits. I think some people thought he was directing this at the creative portion. Dan DiDio, Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, and all them. That's not who it's directed at. I mean, again, most of these guys are creators themselves. They're in the same boat for the most part that Jerry's in. So uh, definitely show your support. Take a listen. And here in just a second, we're going to continue with Task Force X. But for now, we'll return after these messages. You'd be feeling a lot better, Han, if you were listening to Dead Boffin Spies, a Star Wars podcast hosted by me, Ryan Daly. That doesn't sound too hard. It's not hard. You just check out Dead Boffin Spies on iTunes, Facebook, or the blog page, deadboffinspies.blogspot.com. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Well, I, I don't know if terror is an appropriate description. It's a podcast that combines everything you love about me talking and some of what you love about Star Wars. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Fine, whatever. Do that after you listen to Dead Boffin Spies. Yoda. You seek Yoda. No, you seek Dead Boffin Spies, a Star Wars podcast. Check it out. It beats kissing a Wookiee, I would think. <laughs> Jeff. Hey, Mike. Man, it sure is great to be back to from crisis to crisis after all this time. It's been a busy year for both of us. For very different reasons. But now we're ready to cover the post-death and return Superman stories. Yeah, and we're about to start the books that came out in 1994, which means that we have so much to look forward to, like Bizarro's World. The Battle for and Fall of Metropolis. Superman Doomsday, Hunter, Prey. Worlds Collide. Well, you're looking forward to that one. Oh, bite me. Zero hour. Zero month. And right there at the end, we have Dead Again. And don't forget, the Elseworlds annuals as well. Well, most of them, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some of those really did suck, don't they? But From Crisis to Crisis is back. New episodes will drop on Thursday, just like before. You can find the show at the Superman homepage, www.supermanhomepage.com, as well as at the Superman Podcast Network, which is at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. And we also have a Facebook page that you can like by going to www.facebook.com slash from crisis to crisis a superman podcast.com. Is it dot com on there? No. No, no, it's not. No, no dot com. Forget that. <laughs> so from crisis to crisis is back, folks, and better than ever. Well, I'm better than ever. You need some work. No, shut up. No, you 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 shut up. From crisis to crisis, a Superman podcast covering the post-crisis adventures of Superman, one half month at a time, every Thursday at www. SupermanHomePage.com and www.FortressOfBailitude.com Welcome back. Uh, this episode of Task Force X, we're not going to review a uh, suicide, suicide Squad book proper. What we're going to do instead is look at something Jerry Conway-centered. Uh, Jerry didn't really do any work on Suicide Squad itself, but he did create one of the members that will show up eventually in the book. So today we're going to look at her first appearance and do a character profile on this person. Uh, that person would be Vixen, and that's who our character profile today is. Uh, she first appeared in Action Comics 521 back in July of 1981. Created by, as I said, writer Jerry Conway and artist was Bob Oskner. Uh, Vixen, her alter ego is Mary Jui 
McCabe, Team, Affili Team Affiliations, Justice League, Checkmate, Ultramarine Corps, and of course, the reason we're talking about her, the Suicide Squad. Her abilities. She mimics the abilities of any animals that has ever lived on Earth. And she also has a healing factor. A uh, little bit of background on this. Vixen was intended to be the first African female DC superhero to start her own series. But the first issue of her series was canceled in the DC implosion of 1978. To never be released. Uh, along with, the, as I mentioned previously and elsewhere, Firestorm, his first series was canceled. The implosion had a lot of casualties. Um, anyways, the story was subsequently printed in the cancelled comics Cavalcade. Since her debut in Action Comics, she has appeared primarily in team books, most notably various incarnations of the Justice League and Suicide Squad. Uh, her history, in ancient Africa, the warrior Tantun asked Anzia, the spider, to create a totem that would give the wearer all the powers of the animal kingdom only if they would use the power to protect the innocent. Tantu used the totem to become Africa's first legendary hero. The totem was later passed down to Tantu's descendants until it reached the McCabe's. Growing up in a small African village in the fictional nation of Zambezi, Machanga province, Mary Jui McCabe heard the legend of the Tantum totem from her mother. Sometime later, Mary's mother was killed by poachers and she was raised by her father, Reverend Richard Jui, the village priest. Reverend Jui himself was killed by his half-brother, Mary's uncle, General Maksai. Maksai, one of the Tantu totem which Jui had possessed. And then Vixen uh, debuted in, as I said previously, Action Comics 521. Uh, Mari uh, ultimately moved to America, where she established an identity as Mari McCabe, McCabe sorry, and got a job as a model in New York City. She used her newfound wealth to travel the world. On a trip back to Africa, she came across her uncle and took back the Tantoon Totem, using its power to become the costume superhero Vixen. And again, I'm reading all this from the Wikipedia on Miss Vixen. Um, back to my little narrative here. After this, Vixen only made two appearances as a solo crime fighter. Once fighting poachers in India, and once fighting against the techno-psycho-criminal Admiral Cerebus. In fact, she was a reluctant hero until the Just League of America was reorganized by Aquaman. She applied for full-time league membership and was accepted. During her time at the JLA, the totem was taken from her by General Maxai, who still sought his power. The totem would only grant its full power to those who could use it to protect the innocent, and it caused Maxai to be transformed into a raging beast. Maxai died in battle with Vixen. When the team faced the killer, Android Amazo, Vixen and several of her teammates were beaten into con unconsciousness and left bound and gagged in a walled-off pit. Vixen saved the lives of herself and her fellow leaguers, by using her powers to shatter the bonds and to dig to freedom. Vixen continued with that particular incarnation of the JLA until two members were killed, still in vibe, and was disbanded by the Martian Manhunter. Uh, I'm going to interrupt here real quick. Yes, I'm going to interrupt myself. Uh, this was, she joined the league during what was known as the Detroit Justice League era. This is when all the big heavy hitters had quit. Uh, I believe it was Aquaman and had disbanded the league because no one was willing to give it the full time Everyone had their own life to deal with, their own titles. And so he said, if you don't have time for the league to be full-time, we don't need you. So he disbanded the league, and he reformed it with himself, a uh, elongated man, uh, one or two other people, and then the uh, the new members, which was Vixen Vibe, who has been seen recently in the Flash TV series, uh, still Gypsy. But enough about the Detroit League. Let's go back to my uh, narrative here. Around this time, Vixen teamed up with Animal Man, Animal Man again. She traveled to a suburban house with knowledge of the mysterious, murderous force. Animal Man's own powers were affected because of this force, as he found himself unable to correctly access the right powers. Then she joins the Suicide Squad. And you'll be seeing more about Vixen and her beloved squad around issue 11. Uh, we're going to be coming up to issue 4 soon, so we got a little bit more time. But soon, issue 11, I believe it is, Vixen joins the Suicide Squad. Stay tuned for her further adventures. Her other appearances, 
on TV. She was in Justice League Unlimited, voiced by Gina Torres. She was in the TV show Batman, The Brave and the Bold, voiced by Cree Summer. She had a slight cameo in Teen Titans Go. And there should be a CW seed in the autumn of 2015, an animated feature or series, I guess it is, on the CW network. I'm not quite sure yet, but watch for it. In films, uh, an evil version of Vixen named Vamp appears as a member of the crime syndicate of America in Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Unlike her counterpart, Vamp actually transforms into different kinds of animals rather than just taking their traits. For video games, Vixen appeared in the video game DC Universe Online. Uh, Vixen appears as a playable character in the portable version of Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes, and Vixen will appear viable via downloadable content as a playable character in Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. Anyways, that's a little bit about our, our dear sweet Vixen. Um, again, she will be appearing in uh, Suicide Squad 11 as a member of the squad. Watch for her then. But before then, uh, we are going to talk about her first appearance in comics, which was in Action Comics 521. Uh, but first... Calabac, Tassad, it is I, Darkseid. I command you to listen to the Who's Who podcast. Uncover the powers and weaknesses of the Super Friends so that I may destroy them. Aquaman and Superman, Animal Man and Plastic Man, Firestorm and Nuclear Man, Batman and Hawkman, 2D Man and Hour Man. Who are all these people, man? They're all part of the DC. Who's who? Ultra Boy and Booster Gold, Lightning Lass and Hippolyta, Phantom Stranger, District and Arisia and Woozy Winks. Hey, hey, hey. What? What about that one guy? What guy? Mr. Pretzel, Mr. Lipstick, Mr. Mitzelfuzzle? Mr. Mitzi's Pitlick? Yeah, him. He's also part of the DC Who's Who. Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe. Available monthly at Aquaman Trine, Firestorm Fan, and on iTunes and Stitcher as part of the Fire and Water podcast. And we're back again. Uh, okay, so this episode, as I said, we're not going to review a Suicide Squad book proper. We're going to talk about Action Comics 521. Vixen's first appearance. Again, the cover date of this was July of 1981, but to buy it off the newsstand, set either your Wayback Machine or your DeLorean for April the 20th of 1981. 1981, I was uh, 11. Hmm, a long time ago. Anyways, back then you could have this book for 50 cents. That's two quarters. Uh, page count was 32 pages. Editor was good old Julius Schwartz. The cover credits, penciler was Ross Andrew. And inker was the magnificent Dick Giordano. Uh, this, there's two stories in this. We're going to look at the first one, which was entitled The Deadly Rampage of the Lady Fox. It was 17 pages long. Written by the illustrious Jerry Conway, of course. Penciler, Kurt Swan. Inker, Frank... Oh, forgive me, Frank. Uh, what is this? Chiramonte? Letterer John Costanza. Colorist Jean D'Angelo. And the synopsis for this story. We start the issue with a new masked woman attacking some men, moving first from one warehouse to another. Meanwhile, exactly 15 blocks away at Madison Square Garden, Superman is helping with a telethon. When he hears the men shouting for help, he flies to the warehouse. Superman chases the woman in a stolen van where she leaps at him with the strength of a bull elephant. While fighting, she was able to scratch him with her claws. Seeing the van going towards the docks out of control, he blows his assailant away and heads towards the waterfront, but too late to stop the van from going into the drink. Later, the owner of the furs, a Mordecai Mule, and a detective is talking to Superman about the incident. The cop informs Superman that some of the furs come from protected animals, but since mules breaking no laws in America, they can't touch them. With this new information, Superman suddenly decides he didn't get a good look at the thief. The next day, 
Morgan Edge sends Clark and Lana Lang to India to investigate some fur poaching on the behalf of his old friend Solomon Samuels. As Solomon leaves, Clark notices him leaving with a woman, who we loop a bit later learn is fashion model named Mary McCabe, the secret identity of our new vigilante, Vixen. In New Delhi, Lana's guide takes her to the jungle to find the poachers, as we find out a bit later that she's ditched Clark. Mule follows Lana, deciding that she may need to be eliminated. Jumping on his car to follow him, we find the mysterious vixen, which Clark spots and then follows as Superman. Superman swoops in and grabs vixens from the roof of the car and speeds off with her. While he finds out that her powers comes from a mysterious talisman called the Tantoo Tam Totem, try that again, called the Tantoo Totem, Mule is causing a parade of elephants to stampede. While behind the scenes, Superman saves Lana and her guide from the elephants. Vixen confronts the poacher and they fight. Defeating Mule, Vixen leaves him and, her, and his companion tied up for Superman with a note. The end. And that's the Action Comics 521. Uh, now for my thoughts on it. Uh, first of all, the cover. It's got a very, 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 very interesting cover. Uh, we can see Vixen jumping between Superman and some gummen, leaving Superman to question which side she's on. Again, it's a very nice cover. I really like it. Um, while this scene doesn't actually appear in the comic, it kind of, in a vague sense, you know, lets you know that Vixen's a mysterious new person. Superman at first doesn't know who, where she's, you know, whether she's a good guy or a bad guy. So, again, while it doesn't actually depict a scene from the comic, the, uh, the premise of it's still there. The first page, it's a great splash page showing Vixen, and behind her we get a billboard of Superman on it. So we get our, our mysterious guest vigilante up front. We don't know anything about her at this point, and we still see our the star of our book, albeit on a billboard behind her. It's very nice. I like this. Uh, the next page is a decent page of Vixen attacking the men. Uh, I like it here how they leave it vague as who she is and what she's up to. At this point, we're not quite sure why she's attacking these men. Again, first reading this, I think that, since I know I know Vixen's a hero, I, I believe these are men trying to steal the furs, even though they mention that they're moving from one warehouse to another. It could be euthanism, I don't know. But I think these are bad guys, and because I know a Vixen from her later appearances. Uh, my next note's on page 5. Uh, I like this fight here between Vixen and Superman. Uh, he says that it's kind of, he says that it's like being attacked by a bull elephant. Out of all the analogies he could have used, uh, he picked the one that would most apply to Vixen. Since she can absorb the powers of animals, she probably absorbed the power of a bull elephant before she jumped on him. So I really like the way, you know, he picked that out of random. He could have said a Mack truck, he could have said uh, almost anything else, but he chose an animal. Uh, so that was very nice. Uh, then we move on to pages 6 and 7, where we meet our uh, potential bad guy, Mordecai Mule. At this point in the story, I'm not quite sure about him. He seems like a, maybe a decent guy, but again, we're not quite sure at this point. And then we have the cop outlining the problems with Mule, and uh, you know that they can't touch him because he's not doing anything illegal that they can prove in America. He's poaching animals in India, where they, the Calif uh, American law can't do anything to him. And the fact that Superman now says he didn't get as good a look as he thought. It kind of leaves a... Oh, it's kind of a moral gray area right there, where I mean, Superman's actually... Because he didn't get a good look at He's Superman. He's the man of steel. I'm sure he got a good look at her. He could describe her. It's, it's who he is. But since the cops said this guy isn't the most pristine person... So Superman's like, uh, maybe I didn't get that good of a look at her. <sighs> Again, I, like I, said, I, I don't want to say anything bad because it's the magnificent Jerry Conway. Uh, and again, I wasn't following Superman quite this closely then. This is before I really got into comics itself. Uh, this pet Superman kind of a gray area, willing to lie, in quotes, to the cops. Because I don't know if it's really considered lying since the cop knows he's not telling the truth. But it's a bit of a gray area for Superman. 
Anyways, moving on to page 8. I guess it's good for Solomon that he has friends in high places at WGBS. So he can have, you know, Morgan can have his star reporters go to India and do the story on the poachers. And then on page 9, we get our first look at Mary McCabe, who we all know is the new vigilante, Vixen. Uh, pages 11 and 12 is my next note. On this page, uh, at first you think that Clark has slipped out and is investigating Superman. Because Lana's like, oh, Clark's, he slipped off again. He always does that. He always vanishes. And then a bit later on, on page 12, we find out that actually Lana sent Clark back up for something else so she could slip out on her own. So she kind of proves that she's a lion. Next, we move on to page 13. Where we find out that uh, Morgan Mule is willing to kill his own man to save his own backside. What a nice employer he is. Um, then we move on to page 14, where we find out a little bit more about her totem and where she got her powers from. And just in case you're not familiar with Superman, at this point you find out that magic can hurt him uh, just from his own thought balloons. So I thought this was a nice, again, as uh, Stan Lee always says, Every issue could be someone's first. If you're not familiar with Superman, what the heck are you reading action comics for? But that's another story entirely. If you're not familiar with Superman, uh, this lets you know that he is vulnerable to magic. And that her totem is magic-based. So that was nice. Uh, on to page 15. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Lana be struck uh, with fear from a parade of elephants. Because, I mean, it seems like at this point she should have been through almost everything with Clark and Superman. But, again, since I've never been in the path of rampaging elephants, what do I know about it? Uh, page 16, uh, I like the way Superman corralled the elephants. He pulled uh, trees out and made giant stakes and just made a pin to keep the elephants pinned up. That was very nice. And, finally, on to page 17. At first, I thought Superman was acting uh, behind the scenes to hide the fact that he was in the same area as Clark. But then here on the last page, they have him carrying Lana and the gang to where Mule is. Uh, so I guess Lana is used, so rest, used to be rescued by Superman that she doesn't question that her and Clark's in India. Superman shows up in India. But I guess that's par for course for a uh, Superman, especially for a Superman comic. So Overall, again, it's Jerry Conway. It's great writing. Uh, just a few minor nitpicks here and there, but nothing bad at all. Uh, I enjoyed the artwork. The artwork's very nice. I'm going to try something. I've been listening to some other podcasts because of this Conway crossover. I'm going to try grading the comics on a, you know, an A, B, C, D, E, S, going A, E. Where did I go to school at? On an A, B, C, D, F scale like you do in school. Uh, so for this issue here, for the writing, I'm going to give it a A-. Because, again, there was a few issues here and there with it. But overall, it was good. And the artwork, this was standard uh, Superman artwork. Uh, not, it wasn't the, the best art I've ever seen. It wasn't George Perez or Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name. But then again, it wasn't Rob Liefeld or someone like that. So again, it was good artwork. I would give the artwork a B plus. So for this show overall, I guess I would give it a an A minus. Because, again, Jerry Conway's art, or writing uh, bumps everything up. So, again, that's Action Comics 521, the first appearance of our beloved Vixen, who will be showing up in a few months in the Suicide Squad. Uh, again, I give it an A- minus for my total recommendation, recommendation. I definitely recommend, especially if you're a Superman fan or a fan of Vixen, definitely check out this issue. But that's enough about Action Comics 521. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the other podcast that's participating in the Conway's Corner podcast crossover. So, the first one, one of the most important ones, is uh, the Superman and Batman podcast. The reason I say it's one of the most important is for two reasons. One, it's hosted by Michael, Michael Bradley, uh, the gentleman, the man who organized this entire event. He had the right idea after reading Jerry's comments that, you know what, as podcasters... The fans hear us. The fans listen to us. Let's give our word on this. Let's go ahead and let people know what we think and, and spread Conway's message over the airwaves. So Michael got this whole thing kick-started. Uh, he started it off. 
he got us all going on it. So thank you for that, Michael. And the second reason is because, well, as I'm about ready to say, in this episode here, he had an extra special guest. That's right. Episode 32 of the Superman Batman podcast has a guest host of Aaron Moss, yours truly. Uh, his podcast celebrates the Superman and Batman team-ups from World's Finest. Uh, this episode, he talks about World's Finest uh, issue number 269, plus the Conway written backup story, Red Tornado, from that same issue. Uh, he just released it on May 22nd. Uh, again, I haven't had a chance to release it because as I'm recording this, it just came out. So I'm going to check it out probably tonight at work. I definitely recommend listening to it. I had a lot of fun with it. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me on your show. I enjoyed talking with you. Hopefully I return the favor and have you on mine one of these days. And hopefully I can be back on yours. I enjoyed it. But enough about him. Let's move on to the next one. The Fire and Water Podcast by Rob Kelly and the Irredeemable Shag. Uh, episode 125, the unofficial first episode of our podcast crossover. They played the Jerry Conway interve interview on Creator Equality. It was released on May 7th, 2015. Check it out. Again, I always recommend the Fire, Fire and Water podcast. Uh, this was a great interview with uh, Jerry Conway. I definitely recommend, if you don't listen to any of these others because of time or whatever... Definitely check out the Fire and Water podcast. Mr. Conway himself weighs in on the issues. We hear his thoughts. Uh, check it out. It's a great podcast, and that's a great episode of it. So I definitely recommend it. I'm going to go through the rest of them. Uh, there's Flowers and Fishnets by Ryan Daly. Uh, episode 11 covers Black Canary and Green Arrow stories from the world's finest 245. The Supermates podcast, the Husband and Wife podcast with Chris and Cindy Franklin, with their extra special guest Kyle Benning, covered Superman Family 186 and 187. It was uh, posted on 5, that's May the 17th of 2015. From Kid the Flash, it's, you can find that under the Myth Making ETC podcast by Chris Ivey. Uh, it was a May 18th release. Next one is the Hammer Podcast, episode 12, covering Thor 224. Uh, came out around May the 18th. The Quarterbin Podcast by Professor Al Al Alan Middleton. Sorry about that, Alan. Try that again. It's the Quarterbin Podcast by Professor Alan Middleton. Talked about the Justice League of America, issue 188. Uh, Between the Pages is not a podcast. It's a blog by Karen Williams. Uh, the notes I have on this says, The sweet superhero stories of Jerry Conway will focus on his work on Amazing Spider-Man and the Just League of America. Those stories I plan to touch upon are the death of Gwen Stacy, the original Clone Saga, first appearance of the Punisher, Superman vs. Amazing Spider-Man, the JLA, JSA New Gods, the JLA, JSA Secret Society of Supervillains, JLA 200, and Justice League Detroit. All great stories. I definitely recommend checking out Between the Pages blog. Then there's The Lantern Cast by Chad Bulkelman and Mark Marble. Episode 220, The Collaborative Conway Crossover Caper, where they reviewed The Brave and the Bold 174 and Super Team Family number 12. Uh, King Size Comics Giant Size Fun with Kyle Benning had extra special guest Rob Kelly from the Fire and Water podcast, where they talked about DC Special Series 1, a dollar comics that features a Conway-penned Aquaman story. Uh, there was Vault of Startling Monster Horror Stories of Terror, say that three times fast, with uh, your host of Sean Engel. Uh, they decided to go over the Tomb of Dracula, and the Rubber Gang of Idiots, Chris Honeywell, Luke Giaconetti, and Chris, hair metal hero Tyler, welcome newcomer Jason Giaconetti, and they simp uh, they cover the first issue of Tomb of Dracula on episode 48 of their show, The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Terrors of Terror. Uh, they also discuss the relevance of horror comics, returning to mainstream comics, and touch on the whole situation of Mr. Comic. Uh, again, just to let you guys know uh, a little warning, much like Head Speaks, the show does tend to have limited filters at times, 
So adult content warning is advised. Uh, I listened to that one. That was a great episode. Go ahead and, those have all been released. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep moving on here. The next one is Pop Culture Avidata by Tom Panaris, which covered Cinder and Ash 1 through 4. I've listened to that one also. That's part of his 80 Years of DC Comics series. Uh, I remember seeing advertisements for Cinder and Ash. I probably see it in the store. I never picked it up. Now I wish I would have. I may have to go back and, and find it. I've listened to this episode. Tom, great job, man. I'm going to have to go out and buy these issues now to read it. Cause it I don't know. I just, it never fell on my radar. I remember seeing them. Like, eh, it doesn't appear to be superhero. At the time, I'm not worried about it. I wish I would have. That was a great story. Uh, thanks for pointing that out there, Tom. Then you have The Comic Book Time Machine by Ben Avery. Uh, he's going to cover the Superman, Spider-Man, and maybe the unofficial crossover in Amazing Fantasy, Just League and Thor, which took place in Amazing Adventure 16, JLA 103, and Thor 207. I'm looking forward to that one myself. I want to hear that one. Uh, then you have Task Force X by that fella Aaron Brotherhead Moss, Episode 10, where he's going to talk about Action Comics 521. The first appearance of Vixen, written by the great and wonderful Mr. Conway. Uh, Head Speaks, also by that great fellow Aaron Head Moss. Episode 11, covering Firestorm 1 and 2. And again, he talks about the uh, Conway crossover and the issues with that. Uh, both of those are available at headspeaks.com, of course. Um, normally, Head Speaks contains... Adult language, not suited for the younger family, or the entire family. Younger viewers are normally discouraged. But this episode, he, he promises he'll try to contain his potty mouth. But no guarantees. Hey Kids Comics by Andy and Michael Leyland. Uh, they're in the middle of a bunch of bandwagon jumping shows about comic characters. About to get TV shows. Uh, they said they're going to probably cover Amazing Spider-Man 128. Back to the Bins by Paul and Crew. Superman Forever Radio by Bob Fisher. And I believe the Flash podcast that covers the Flash TV show has said they may try to cover something on it. But that's all of the Conway's Corner podcast crossover podcasters that are taking part of this uh, special month-long celebration of Jerry Conway and all he's done for comics in general. Uh, definitely check out these other podcasts. I've listened to all the ones that's been released for the most part. And without a doubt, they've all been phenomenal. Uh, check them out. Uh, let them know what you think. Send them an email. Go to their websites. Send them a blog, wherever they have. Let them what you think. Let me know what you think. Send me an email to taskforcex at headspeaks.com and give me your thoughts on the matter. And finally, to wrap up things today, we're going to do a little suicide notes. Bang! Um... First, I just want to say the, thank you to Sony N, who is now following us on Google+. Thank you, Sony. I hope I'm saying your name right, and welcome to the uh, Task Force X family. And over my Facebook page, I posted some news about the Suicide Squad movie. I posted a cast picture. Uh, we'll talk about that more next month. Uh, but Gabriel Leal and Ryan Daly were both talking about them, so check out my Facebook page, uh, Task Force X. Look for it on Facebook and join the club. Anyways, that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, this was part two of my uh, Conway's Corner podcast crossover. Again, for the first part, check out Head Speaks, episode 11. Check out the other podcasts I've mentioned in the blog. Um, show your support. Give Jerry some love. And join us next month over at Head Speaks for our one-year special anniversary episode. That's right, next month is my one-year anniversary of starting Head Speaks. Then also join us that same month here for episode 11 of Task Force X, where I plan on reviewing the second issue of the Suicide Squad Convergence issue. And then the following month, join me back here, the month of July, join me here on Task Force X as I have my Task Force X one-year anniversary double or maybe triple side anniversary edition and hopefully knock on wood uh, I'll have a special guest star but anyways uh, that's what you can look forward to in the upcoming months
And uh, until next time, over and out, squad mates. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Task Force X. I can also be found rambling on my main headcast of Head Speaks, where I rant and rave about movies, comics, geek stuff, and whatever is bugging me. Mate, you just out crazy the Joker. <laughs> well, I try, Boomer, but anyways, my home on the internet is at headspeaks.com. H-E-A-D-S-P-E-A-K-S dot C-O-M. Links to my blog, which contain follow-up information to this and every headcast, can be found there. Both Task Force X and Headspeaks are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at headspeaks.com under Headcasts. Please feel free to email me any questions, comments, or concerns to taskforcex at headspeaks.com. And if you want to record a message, you can send it to me at taskforcex at headspeaks.com, and I'll play it on the air. I'm also on Facebook at taskforcex, and also on Google+, Plus. you can look for taskforcex under people and pages. All titles and characters discussed are owned and copyrighted by DC Comics. I claim no ownership to the Suicide Squad, Checkmate, or Task Force X. I'm just a big fan wanting to spread the Task Force X love with everyone else. Uh, DC Comics can be found on the web at dccomics.com. Be sure to visit your local comic shop and look for Suicide Squad and Checkmate Comics. And while you're there, see what else they have that may interest you. Mother... <laughs> well, make sure you join us here next time for another fun-filled headcast from your friendly neighborhood, Brotherhead. In the meantime, I'll see you in the funny pages.